Hello and welcome to The Ambitious Entrepreneur. I am your host, Sarah Flynn, and in this episode, I've been chatting with the absolutely extraordinary Unstoppable Tracy. As a TV host, a Canadian athlete, and a motivational speaker, Tracy is absolutely sensational. For some people that don't know, Tracy is actually a quadruple amputee and she has gone on to win a bronze medal in the Alpine Downhill Paraskiing at the Ontario Parasport Games and she's also recently been inducted into the Canadian Disability Hall of Fame. Tracy is a number one international mega success speaker, a TEDx speaker, and in doing so, she has shared the stage with the likes of Jane Fonda, Dr. Phil, Michael Douglas, John Travolta, Mel Gibson, and even Mark Wahlberg. Her mind-blowing stories consistently ignite standing ovations as she pushes audiences out of their limitation zones. To date, she has been viewed virally over a hundred million times and is the winner of the 2018 number one female transformational leader by the John Maxwell team out of 168 countries. Tracy doesn't just talk high performance in business though, she lives it and as a corporate consultant she is laser focused and a hard hitting business coach. Her skill set includes building teams that are going to outperform stock markets in times of crisis and taking athletes to high performance levels and then pushing them into the business arena. She is the recipient of countless awards, including the 2017 Robert W. Jackson Award, the 2017 Ontario Premier Awards, a Lifetime Achievement Award, and a 2018 Women of Essence Global Award nominee. As a TV personality as well, Tracy regularly features on big shows such as ABC, BBC, City TV, Global News, NBC and Fox and she is recognised globally in the media around the world. Tracy was even featured in Oprah magazine as she shared her stories for her quest for the gold World Cup sailor, her Himalayan mountain climb and even been the captain of a 110 foot tall ship. Tracy firmly believes that success is dependent on perseverance and as an award-winning leader in business and in sport she has now earned the title as number one international speaker, honoured humanitarian, authority disputer in crisis, decorated athlete and an expert in disarming limited beliefs. Most recently, she adds best-selling author to her long list of amazing accomplishments. Cup of Chicken Soup for the Soul has endorsed her book, Unstoppable You. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go onto Tracy's website and understand about that incredible book that she's just written. But for now, sit back, hold tight, and let's hear what truly inspiring things this absolutely amazing woman had to say. huge welcome Tracy thank you so much for joining me on today's show it is incredible to have you here genuinely one of the best people I have ever had to interview so thank you for joining me today oh Sarah I am super excited 
you know, every time you and I get together, we end up talking for hours. And we were crazy not to record all those phone calls. I think it's brilliant that we are now together with the world so that everybody can feel the magic and the laughter and the love that you and I seem to vibrate whenever we're together. Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so obviously, I, for people who don't know, I met Tracy um, probably about a month ago now, and she has just continually blown me away. And as she said, you know, we've had loads of really great conversations, but um, I just wanted to take this opportunity to interview you because I feel it's so important that we share together, you know, the kind of amazing experiences that you've had with the world and how that, how can that kind of can impact and, and inspire everybody else. So that's really personally just from me why I wanted to speak, speak to you today. You are super thoughtful. And what I love about you is you're, you're generously pouring accolades my way but I know that the real intention for you is that you love making a difference for others right it's not yeah. about unstoppable Tracy it's about unstoppable you and you mean your audience right yeah. you love to refuel the unstoppable so that everybody gets to feel that success so that success isn't about sharing my success it's about nuggets for their success yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent. And that, that is exactly what this podcast is about. Just inspiring people through stories and sharing for them to go and unlock their true potential and do whatever it is they desire. So we'll kick straight off and we'll get into it. And I thought well, the best way we could start is just for anybody, um, and there must be a very small proportion of people left who don't know who you are, Tracy, because I think everybody knows you. Um, you know, we were just chatting before and you were telling me you had over a hundred million views, which is just insane. How has that happened? Insane. So um, I thought it'd be good for the small minority of people that don't know who you are, if you could just give a bit of an insight as to who you are, what you're about, and kind of what, what you've been through. So I think we all need our 15 second, 15 second elevator pitch. And, and so my the 15 second version is that I love to disarm limiting beliefs in supporting the peak performance in, in you, right? So I disarm limiting beliefs in the peak performance in you for the best performance of the version that you love in you. Uh, but the, the longer version of all of that is that uh, several times over in the last couple of years, I got voted number one international speaker at a mega success event with 71 countries at John Maxwell, it, out of 160 countries, a transformational leader, they give the distinction of female. Uh, and I think it's important as women, you know, men always say, uh, I, I, I'm a CEO or I'm an owner of a company or I'm an entrepreneur. And as women, sometimes we say, oh, I'm a female entrepreneur or I'm a, a woman leader. And men don't distinguish what gender they are. They just say they're a leader, right? Uh, but this particular award is number one female transformational leader uh, out of 160 countries, which was blow my mind away. And part of those awards and currently Canada's Hall of Famer, uh, right next to our prime minister and our famous hockey player, Wayne Gretzky, uh, where our faces are all etched in the wall uh, at Metro Hall. But can I tell you, Sarah, you know that when you do etching, it's all about lines, right? And, and so I feel like a grandmother because my, my lines around my eyes and all over. So it's like, I feel like a thousand years older uh, with, the, with the etching in the wall. But I am super proud to be in blown away 
by being etched into the Hall of Famer, but it started because of being an international uh, teacher. So in my 20s, I taught in Uganda and Mexico and Nepal and all around the world, Jamaica, uh, as, a, as an educator. And, you know, part of my education degree came from being a sailor because I could teach sailing. I got into teacher's college and being a sailor came because I could swim, you know? And so some of us feel like, well, I don't have a master's in business or I don't have an MBA or a bachelor of education or, or experience in business, or I'm a mom that's been stay at home for years. And now I'm jumping back into being an entrepreneur or writing a book or in the corporate world. And you know, all of these corporate events with airlines and banks and, you know, in 2019, we're 20 countries, 2019, 20 countries. Before COVID, I had already been to 20 cities in Europe and North America uh, in the first quarter of the year. <laughs> All of that with these big businesses and big conferences of thousands of people, I believe is all because I could swim, right? Because I could swim, I could teach sailing. And because I could teach sailing, I could get into teacher's college. Another guy in teacher's college, I became a humanitarian, 20 countries in developing countries. And because I was a teacher, I got into working for the airlines as an educator. And then when I was busting up pilot strikes and busting up uh, bankruptcy and supporting mergers of airlines, the airlines around the world, whether you're in the United Kingdom, the United States, Canada, Australia, India, wherever you are, everybody's airlines kind of went bankrupt for a little while because, you know, I think it was JetBlue was the first one over in UK that was the, the economical or Ryanair. One of them did a, did an economy airline and it busted up the normal, right? Or Uber, I busted Uber into Canada. I supported them and, and they disrupted the taxi market, right? They boycotted normal. Well, now we are all getting disrupted with the <laughs> pandemic. Right, our normal is being disrupted, just like Uber disrupted the taxi market, just like discount airlines disrupted the airline market. And they survived, and we too will survive, and in fact thrive, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, what's unique as well about Unstoppable Tracy as an adventurer and a sailor and, and a, in the corporate world is that I was also born a four-way amputee so I'm missing my hands and I'm missing my legs for those of you listening in my knees my legs and above my knees even on camera you can't see my legs right now it'd be inappropriate in my dress to throw my knees in the air just just not that kind of show <laughs> <laughs> we were discussing how to drive lights but I don't think that's the way to do it <laughs> So I will just verbally describe that my legs end above my knees uh, and, and my arm, left arm ends above my elbow and my right hand is missing, but I do have a bit of an arm, but I'm missing my right hand. So missing my legs and my arms uh, and my hands. And so uh, the fact that I swim and sail and ski and fly airplanes and scuba dive and jump out of airplanes, you know, all of these sports were kind of my, my teenage years of active that I do now. Like I, I just last November scaled, repelled, lowered myself on the outside of a 25 story high rise building 
in downtown Toronto, Young and Bloor, the busiest intersection, uh, equal to New York in craziness. <laughs> I scaled this 25-story building on a windy day in November. And I did it because people feel like, well, Tracy, you did that when you were young, right? You climbed the Himalayas, first four-way amputee, climbed the Himalayas of Nepal, <laughs> the Annapurna region. But people said, well, you did that when you were young. You did that in 91. And this picture above my head, actually, you can just barely see is I got in Nepal while I was there, which is kind of fun. So I, I decided I needed to scale that building at 50 because it doesn't matter what age you are, right? You can, you can, if you believe it, but it's more than believe it, right? I needed to believe I could scale that building, but then I had to actually do it. Right? I, I completely believe in the law of attraction, you know, what you put out there, that positive energy, and that you attract it. There's no, there's no fluke that of all the people that I spoke to a month ago, and there were hundreds in the audience, it was a millionaire's network, and me and Sarah were on the call together, uh, I was the guest speaker that day, but it's no fluke that Sarah and I have remained in touch and remained friends, and forevermore will be friends, because you know, the energy you put out there is what you attract. And so I've attracted the fabulous, so blessed, so abundantly lucky that Sarah's in my life now. She fills my soul and she gives me strength because even unstoppable Tracy needs refuel days. And so who you surround yourself with. So Sarah is one of those people. But I felt like I needed to believe I could do that 25-story building at 50. And I needed to do it. And so it's not just believing it and putting it out there. A lot of people after that call said, we got to stay in touch, including Sarah. But Sarah believed it and she took action on it and she followed up on it. And, and her and I have had scheduling. Oh, I'm running this show. Oh, I'm running this way. I've got the baby. I've got my puppy. Right. But we make it work. We don't stop. We just rebook. And we, we've talked several times even in our busy lives and even with health and pandemic impacts and our children, mine's my puppy, we make it work. We take action. So it's believing it, believing Tracy's going to want to talk to me, believing Sarah's going to want to talk to me, right? And, and uh, jumping in and then make, picking up that phone. I'm, I'm just rambling away on it and it's gone from my 15 second pitch to my 15 minute ramble. So I'm going to pause for a second, Sarah, and just encourage you to jump in somehow. Yeah. No, no, that, that's fine. Genuinely, that was a great overview. And that's one of the real amazing reasons why I love talking to you, because you always just turn it into this incredible positive energy. And, you know, even though I asked you about you, it, what I love is that it's sort of 30, 40 seconds into that, you just started to talk about everybody else and immediately how, how you could share what you had with the world and how other people could benefit. And, you know, that, that's the true, you know, for me, meaning of success is about sharing everything, the positive energy, like you say, with everybody else. And also, thank you for the really kind words you said about me. That's really sweet. You're just skyrocket, super success driver. Like you fill souls, but it's, you know, growth and results and a driver. I just adore you. First, because you're authentic and warm and real, but it's, it's, there's lots of people that can give a warm hug, but there aren't lots of people that are genuine and drivers. And I just love thriving and being in your world, Sarah. Thank you. 
Oh, thank you. And I think that's really important, actually, that you just mentioned there about authenticity, because I think that's actually a real key to being successful. I mean, I've met a lot of people um, over the years, as you will have, Tracy, where you speak to them and immediately something's a bit off or you think, oh, that, that's not as I expected. or And you go away and you don't feel very warm to that person and therefore you don't want to do business with them or you don't want to, you know, propel yourself. And, and yet the people that are always success, you know, are successful, the people that are most humble, most authentic, the most genuine because they drive from the from the realness of who they are oh my gosh you know so Sarah I was telling you I was a sailor right and and I grew up to be a world cup sailor which blew my mind you know because I have no legs when I started I used to fall out of the boat right and I'd end up in Lake Ontario and because of no legs I'm top heavy and all of the other kids they all passed they everybody passed and I failed my first summer. And, and I grew up still to be a World Cup sailor. And I'm so grateful that there were the Sarahs in the world that believe in me. doesn't matter what my body is. Believe in the business potential or the value that I could share to her world when she invites me. Not because I don't have arms and legs, but because, because of more, because of that energy. And so I had a sailing instructor that believed that. And, and didn't keep me out the second year and it was the second year even though I'm struggling and even though people are listening might be struggling like I'm trying webinars or I'm trying a different business or or I got laid off and I'm trying to figure out how to get hired during a pandemic or you know trying to keep my soul full but I'm feeling a little down and now my kids are feeling down or you know my neighbors or my mom or there's health of my uncle right there's we're all struggling right and and so falling out of the boat failing and it was this it's, it's exactly where we need to be mm. like i was born exactly where i was meant to be and the only one in my family with no arms no legs my mom my dad my great 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 grandparents my niece my nephew my cousins nobody else nobody else has been born without arms and legs just me but i'm the only one that's you know been in over 40 countries has a master's in business, the only one that has a bachelor of education, the only one that got a secondary education, only one that been a teacher in developing countries, right? And it's all, I think I'm lucky that I got born limitless. I was lucky to be born limitless. And so that's a secret that I was born limitless. A lot of people are like, what happened? What happened? Oh, I was born this way. That's the secret. I was born limitless. But the bigger secret is you are born limitless too. <laughs> and I've gone off on a tangent already and I was trying to go, oh, with the ceiling. And you said authenticity. Yeah. And so what came to mind was my incredible friend named Paul Tungley, uh, Paul uh, Tooby. Oh, I'm getting it wrong. Paul Tingley. Paul Tingley, 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 Tingley all over. When you look at him, I'm someone that my gender preference is men. And so when you look at him, it makes you tingly all over. I hope that's okay. <laughs> I don't know if Paul Tingley's ever going to hear that, but Paul Tingley, very handsome man. He happens to be paralyzed from the waist down, and he is Canada's gold para-Olympian in sailing. And, and I've, I've trained in Miami, and I trained with gold Olympians, able-bodied, with a disability, from every country, like ton Sweden, U.S., Portugal, the UKers, like all of the top peak performers in sailing, mm -hmm. the ones that were getting first place gold medals, they were not the step on people and smothering 
kind of people. Mm. Like Paul Tingley, our, our gold Olympian, Paralympian, Paul is the warmest, most authentic, most generous mm. soul on the planet. Like he would be out there on the start line and he'd be like, hey, you're dragging a line. Like, so if you're dragging a line, there's a bit of drag. And so your boat slows down a little bit. But he doesn't want to win against somebody that's maybe dragging a line. Mm. He wants to win for the right reason, right? And, 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 and he, I mean, I was an up-and-comer. I wasn't a competition for him in the beginning. And he's like, Tracy, you know, pull in your boom bang or let off your boom bang. Like he would coach on the water on the way in or out. Mm. And he was really, and, and afterwards, if you had a bad race or, or if I capsized or if I flooded my boat because I didn't, you know, I broke the battery, which is the bailer to get the water out of my boat. You know, he'd get a first place. I would have disqualified because my boat was full of water. And he would, like everybody's congratulating him and patting him on the back. And he would come over to make time to say, do you know that's happened to me too? The bailer busts to the best of us. And it is devastating. It's just one race. You know, this is not the be all and like he would come over he was so authentic and 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 that it's and on stages right when you talk to the only one everybody wants to be a speaker mm -hmm. and it turns out the, the best strategic model is to be a speaker for your business either for your book or for your webinar or for your coaching or for your podcast or for your financial advising you know whatever you or maybe you're a bookkeeper so, so it's great to be a speaker to raise awareness for your brand, but generally your, your rent, your mortgage is coming from the business you're speaking about. Mm -hmm. So only 1% of all of the speakers, only 1% of the world are speakers. And of that 1%, only 1% of them are platform speakers. Wow. Uh, like, like myself or Tony Robbins or Mel Robbins. Uh, who's a big speaker in the United Kingdom that everybody knows? Ooh, you put me on the spot there, Tracy. Ooh. Is, is, I think his name is Frank or something. Frank, do you know somebody named Frank something? Um, or do you know Tony Robbins? Yeah, we all know Tony Robbins. Yeah, we all know Tony Robbins. Yeah. So that 1% of big, big speakers. Yeah. yeah. But they are incredible people, all about the success of others. Yes. I, part of my launch was from JT Fox and he's actually a tough love kind of guy and people find him a bit edgy, but you know, in my life, when people are really kind to me, uh, they, they, Oh, you're not going to be able to swim, but that's okay. Here's an ice cream. Oh, you're not going to be able to ski, but I have an arrow bar for you. Like people always gave me treats. And, and tell me what I couldn't do. Yeah, but yeah. they would smother it with something sweet. Mm. And this happened a lot. Mm. And, and I don't know if it was because of the smothering or what, but you know, I didn't like ice cream until I was about 35. Uh, and, and, because, and I think it's, I would, I'd be like, I would just give it to my, the inappropriate child in me. I should have at six years old said, oh, thank you. But I'd look at them like, what do you mean I can't do it? And I'd give the ice cream to my sister who loved it, right? And it was so funny. Uh, and, you know, that tough love. Like, I love JT Fox saying, you know, Tracy, a standing ovation is great. People can love you. But it's not paying your rent. Right? <laughs> and until you can take care of yourself, you don't have any money to donate to all of these causes. Mm -hmm. Right? How can you make a difference in the world 
just being positive, you, you wouldn't it be better if you could donate thousands of dollars to all of these folks instead of being willing to speak to all of these folks for free, right? Give, speak to them, donate to them, and speak for and make a difference for now 100 million aggregate views on a video instead of maybe 200 that would have seen it before. Yeah. And so I, I, my mom was a bit of tough love mm -hmm. uh, and, and direct. Are you, are you trying to say something and I'm not giving you a chance? No, 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 I'm just, I'm, I'm just listening. I'm in awe of you trying to see as ever, but I was just, I was just thinking when you were saying um, about your mother giving you tough love. And I was, I was just going to say, obviously being from the UK myself, I was going to, just share with everyone that your mother was Liverpudlian, which is one of my all-time favorite facts about you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, you know, I, I always say about, oh, I was lucky to be born limitless, but it was because I was born a four-way amputee that, you know, it contributed to figuring out how to make it work. But I really, the authentic reason between Sarah and I, and now all of the listeners, I truly feel like, I'm lucky you have been born to a Liverpoolian mother. You know, my sister's unstoppable too. She's unstoppable in different ways, but I think it's my Liverpoolian mother that really is the one, right? Because, and she's, she's old enough that it was recently right after the, her older sister, my Nana and granddad and my Auntie Jean, they were in bed. She was a baby on the second floor of this house on Goldie Street in Liverpool, Goldie Street. And, and the front of their house was bombed. And they were in bed looking out onto the street with mom, dad, Nana, granddad, and Auntie Jean in bed as a baby looking out on the street. Like, so this is sort of the environment that my mom grew up in. And then after the war, in teenage years, like the, the, the unions and their Liverpoolians are so great for demanding what they deserve and what's right, mm. that unfortunately the unions bankrupted a lot of the businesses. So there was a lot of factories that were closed down because they had to go bankrupt. Mm -hmm. And so there's these great passionate union drivers that were right, they had every right to demand more, but the businesses didn't have more. And so they leave town, right? And so this, this town of hardly any work, right after war, and so there's a bit of a tough love, kind of like suck it up buttercup way of being. I remember being on a, on a front lawn and I was crying about, I think I was five, six years old. I'm not exactly sure. And my mom opened the door. She saw me through the window and she's like, what's wrong? How come you're crying? And I, and I, we grew, I grew up in affordable housing in Scarborough in Toronto. And, uh, it, and, um, so there was gravel around, like all around each of the properties. And there was a little bit of grass, but we were on a really steep hill. And, and as was our neighbor, like not the ideal property area because of the affordable housing. And the kids were on a patch of grass across the gravel. And without my legs, you know, to walk on gravel on my stumps, kind of like, like my little arm, arm here, to walk on gravel on your knees, kind of like that, would be very painful. So I'm like waving the kids over. Come play with me over here. But what the kids said, one of the kids said, one of the bullies, and there's always a bully, right? There's always some tough guy out there, said, ignore her. She's weird. Don't talk to her. And, and so that made me sad as a little girl, right? I just wanted to play with them. 
And so I said to my mom, I said, oh, they're saying mean things, mom. And I just want them to come play. And, and all the moms out there are probably feeling for their kids. Well, my mom, she said in her Liverpoolian way, I wish I could do a Liverpoolian accent. She said, how's that working for you? And shut the door. Right? And I see you laughing. So I guess you get that tough love Liverpoolian way of being, right? And at first, as a kid, I was like, my mom is so mean, right? But I knew my mom wasn't mean. So I, I had like a bit of a, a light bulb. And I was like, okay, I, I have every right to be kind. I also, I could do nothing about it, right? Easy to do, easy not to do, is what my friend Peter Turin says. Easy to do, easy not to do. And so I have every right to be crying and do nothing. Or I could be crying and then do something about it. And so I rolled down that hill, that grassy line without my legs. And on the street, there was a skateboard. And I like to say I borrowed the skateboard. <laughs> and so I bummed onto the skateboard right, without my legs. But I do have one arm, no hands, but one longish arm. So I take the one longish arm. And I skateboard over to the grass patch where the other kids are playing. And I roll up their hill without my legs on. And so the kids, like, they're all like, oh. right? Their eyes are big as saucers. And they're like, holy cow. And I don't know if they're like, holy cow, because this girl with no arms and no legs just rolled up their lawn. Or are they, holy cow, I ignored the bully. And I, I, I invaded his defined space, right? But I know that if I don't say something quick, the whole environment is going to change, right? So before anybody speaks, and I'm petrified, I am totally scared. So I'm, I'm not doing this without fear. I am doing it full on with plenty of fear. But I get in there and I sit up tall from rolling up the hill and I take a deep breath and I sort of put on the, the fake brave shoulders, right? And I look them in the eye and I kind of scan them left to right, looking them in the eye, but I end with my eyes on the bully and I say, hi, I'm Tracy. Can I play? Like just with the biggest smile and the bravest eye contact I can. And of course they didn't get away with that. That wasn't the end of it. He, he replies, kind of caught off guard, the new kids always it. And I'm thinking, what I want to say is, well, I don't know how I'm going to play tag or Simon Says or Mr. Wolf. Like, I don't have any legs and you're on this grass. I didn't have with kids, right? There's no room for what you can't do. Like, oh, well, that's what we're playing, right? And so... Even though I didn't know how, I just said, okay. And so I didn't know how I was going to do this tag business without my legs. But when we played, I just rolled around the grass. And the kids, none of the kids, including the bully, nobody left the grass. Right? I was so worried they would all run on the road and all run on the grass. But nobody left the grass. So on the grass, I was able to walk on my knees. I was able to roll around and I could play. And so it's, it's, 
it's that even when I faced the pilots and I felt like they were sizing me up and down, like, you know, this is going to be a waste of time when I was trying to support negotiating a pilot strike, right? Or when Uber, when I was faced with all these taxi drivers in city hall, spitting and throwing food and booing, like they were passionately angry. And, and I didn't want to do anything to hurt the taxi drivers. I just knew with Uber came wheelchair accessible vehicles. And with Uber came Uber assist. And if we didn't get Uber, we would still have a really big gap in accessible transportation on demand, which wasn't being met by the taxi industry. In the UK, you have these little ramps in your cool taxis, which is awesome that your everyday taxi for everybody is naturally more accessible. But our taxis are just regular sedans, so we don't really have an accessible on-demand taxi solution that Uber would bring, which was great. And so whether I was five years old and scared facing the bully or facing taxi drivers or facing pilots, like now when it, or facing a room full of predominantly men in the corporate world and i come in no arms no legs i'm kind of tiny and be unstoppable energetic positivity tracy that even though i have a master's in business right i have to take a deep breath and come in and that's my bad like what am i putting out there am i putting in girly over-friendly, disrespectful like who are you speaking to? Maybe my natural way of being is enthusiastic, excited, talk fast. But if I'm facing a corporate world, I need to, I don't know, hey, how's it going? Really nice to meet all of you, right? I need to come in with, hello, I'm Unstoppable Tracy. Shall we get started, right? Like I need to adapt and connect to who am I talking to? And, and so it's, 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 I'm very lucky that I had that tough love mom. She could have coddled me, right? She could have said, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Let's come inside. I'll give you a cookie, right? She could have just said, well, how about you play Barbies instead? Here's your Barbies, right? Like she could have given me an alternate. She could have given me a solution to those kids and being bullied. And I could have found a solution to play by myself. But what I wanted was to play with those other kids. And so I'm lucky for that tough love. I'm lucky for that Liverpoolian, work it out, suck it up, buttercup. I, I, I think that's, I think that's honestly, every time I, um, I've personally heard that story before, but I'm so pleased you shared that because um, I think one of the things that I really wanted to ask you was, and it really ties in nicely with what you've just spoken about, is are those kind of tough love situations, do you think that that's what's kind of made you fundamentally who you are? And, and has that been your continued motivation through life? Have you kind of taken it and looked back on those situations and thought, well, if I can conquer that, I can do this and this? And do you think that that's what's sort of made you grow and, and made you continue? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I didn't get that light bulb until working with the airlines. Mm -hmm. uh, after bankruptcy, what happened in Canada was we had Air Canada and we had Canadian Airlines. And Canadian Airlines, they had merged with British Airways or with Ward Air, with the beautiful customer service Ward Air. And they had merged with several, about half a dozen over the last 10 years, 
they'd merge, they'd merge, they'd merge. So they were used to conflict. They were used to overcoming. They were used to, okay, I got to figure this out with yet another person. And they were really great at all dealing with obstacles and overcoming like a merger. And then when, when we got with Air Canada, Air Canada had been 30 years, uh, first government run, and then they turned into an independent offering, but they had been 30 years as was, and a lot of the staff were 30 years at Air Canada, right? And they, had, they didn't have the same conflict uh, to overcome. Uh, and so when Air Canada and Canadian Airlines merged together, and they were at first they were angry because they were petitioning better dead than red, meaning the red airline versus the blue airline, right? Like there was some some anger before being forced to merge by the government saying, okay, bankruptcy, we're only helping one airline, but we want to help as many people as possible. So we're forcing these two airlines together. And so the Canadian Airlines were like, well, we we we're sad about losing Canadian Airlines, but what do we gotta do to make this work? How do you do check-in? What's your favorite way to load the airplane, right? Like they would just ask decision-making problems and questions and answers to drive forward. And they would just, they're like, well, this sucks, but we got to get over it. What do we got to do to get over it? And they would jump in. But the Air Canada staff, they took a lot longer and they really resisted it. But we like Air Canada and we want to be the top seniority and and well, this is the way we do it, right? And they're like almost obstinate about how can we make it work better together? What did you do? What do we do? What's the best of the two worlds, right? Like they, they had a very different approach. And I think it's because Canadian Airlines had been through some controversy. Or you look at rich people or like movie stars or affluent children that, that you know, People that migrate to our countries, they work so hard to be super successful and they are the best businesses because they have to work so hard to leave their country and start anew. But then their children don't have that same perseverance and resilience of their parents. And, and we, we see that a lot, right? And so I think I was really lucky that, you know, my mom thought no arms, no legs. I can't get that cookie out of the cookie jar but I'm just a kid, right? I'm just a two-year-old that wants to steal a cookie. So I knew that even though I couldn't get the cookie the first try, I knew that what I had to do whatever it took and I would fall down and I would fall down and I would fall down and I would roll over and I would try a stool and I would do whatever it took to try to get the cookie and eventually get the cookie. Failure is only failure when you stop trying, right? Success is just one more try at your cookie jar, at your job, at your life partner, at your book, at your dream, at your webinar, at your Facebook social media try, like whatever you're doing, the, the, the movie stars, the rapping singers, the business millionaire tycoons, Walt Disney went bankrupt nine times, nine times before he became Walt Disney. Try to get a loan when you've got a history of going bankrupt nine times, right? Like that had to be nearly impossible for Walt Disney to do, but somehow he did it, right? He had to secure some funding. He had to convince somebody to invest a ninth time 
before he got to do Walt Disney and become the Walt Disney that he is. So I do feel like being born without my arms and legs, having that tough love mother, having, having affordable housing, right? Growing up in a tough neighborhood. I think, I think do make it easier like it did for Canadian airlines in the merger. The, the Air Canada staff had a lot to learn in that. And so I think there is a blessing. And so this pandemic is, is, is harder for some people than others because not everybody has had the skills, the competencies, right? What, and so all of you actually, whether you're rich or poor, whether you've had great success or not great success, everybody's had something that was a little tough, right? Some boy or girl that said, no, I don't love you back or some business that didn't go as, as you had planned or some book that you wanted to write forever, right? Whatever it might be. And so what I love is what you focus on grows. So remember a story. What was somebody, a conversation you overcame or a business you got through or when you broke your leg or, or you ran a marathon or something? What is some tough obstacle? And what did you do? Ask yourself, what did I do that got me through? What did I do that got me through? And so what are the success factors in those times? And so, you know, what I did on that line was go for it, even though I was afraid. Mm -hmm. uh, what I did on that line was say, okay, I don't know how, but I'm going to get started. I don't know how, but I'm just going to stay sure and figure it out. Right? You don't know how you're going to do Facebook Live or you don't know how you're going to find a new job when you're laid off during a pandemic. You don't know how, but you just jump in. You just start phoning people and you just start practicing and just start start failing. Start falling out of the boat. And, and, and you know, when I fell out of the boat, turns out I love swimming. I don't know at eight years old if I fell out of the boat because I just wanted to go swimming. I might have been horsing around, right? Who knows if I fell or if I jumped? I don't know. But I know that I wouldn't pass until I showed, till I demonstrated competency. I had to show I could be in the boat. I knew the parts of the boat. I knew the points of sail. But I didn't get my white sail level one, which is what we call it in Canada. Because you can't get your sailing level one unless you can stay in the boat, right? But the next summer... Because I learned to get my head out of the boat, look ahead, right? Look outside of your boat, look outside of your pandemic, look out, look forward in the boat, outside of your, we're all in this boat right now and we have to stay confined and we can't get out of the boat very often just for grocery shopping emergencies, right? And we, we can only have so many people in our boat, right? Right now, we're kind of limited number or the boat's going to sink, right? We're going we're gonna to have a second wave of illness. So it's, it's just like sailing, right? And when I, I learned how to look ahead, I could predict what was coming and I could balance. I could stabilize myself in the boat. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that's an advanced study skill. Wow. So I got my bronze four and then I got my white sail level three, two, one. Right? All the other kids who got their whites at level one the summer before when I failed, 
the second summer, they all got their white cell level two. I got, unlike the rest of them, bronze four, three, two, one. And I think it's because I struggled. Mm -hmm. I'm so lucky that I was struggling because I got to learn the advanced study backwards. <laughs> right? So if you're struggling, you're just doing the advanced study backwards. You're just acquiring some extra tough love skills, advanced study skills, competencies for the fast bobsledding fast version. I love that. I absolutely okay. love that because I, 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 you know, I, I think you hear that so many times from people that have had that struggle, um, you know, and, and relatable to kind of just stories that I've heard from a property perspective. Yeah. You know, I hear people who've like, you know, I tried to get loads of houses and everything I offered on never transpired. I never got anything. Ever. And then suddenly at the end of it, they ended up buying like a bloody development of 50 houses. And, and that's sometimes how it goes. You know, like you say, you get all those fair things and ultimately it just becomes the fast track to the bigger thing at the end, right? Yeah. How about you, Sarah? I, I know that you are a thriver and a survivor. Do you have... I'm putting you on the spot, but have, do you have a struggle story of overcoming? Can you share your struggle yeah. story? A absolutely. Um, and, you know, for maybe people that have listened to this, I don't think I've actually ever shared this personally before, but um, for me, obviously, my life um, was set up as it were. You know, I had what we would call like the, the perfect life, you know, there was me, my mum and dad, my brother, we all lived in a really nice four bed detached house in the UK, mum and dad had really nice jobs and me and my brother went out and there was a bit of an age gap between me and my brother so I was uh, six years uh, elder than him and we went, um, you know, both went to work, did his own thing, we had a really nice life and then unfortunately when my brother was 18 he got diagnosed with cancer. So that, for me, obviously, and the entire family, was um, something that, you know, nobody prepares for. It's not something you ever expect. And, um, you know, we kind of went down this whole different tangent in our lives that nobody ever expected. You know, that, that's not something that you ever think is going to happen in the real world um, mm -hmm. or something that you ever prepare for. So... Um, the trajectory though was good you know the doctors always said that he would get better and there was treatment and, and everything was going to be okay however unfortunately uh, there were some complications and in March 2016 he sadly unexpectedly passed away so that you know left a gaping hole in our lives and everything I'd ever known you know just fell apart in a heartbeat so I tried to go back to work. I'd been in the corporate banking world for nearly 10 years and I, was, I tried to go back to work several times and it just wasn't happening for me anymore. There was just nothing there. I didn't feel the passion. I wasn't interested. I was making lots of mental associations actually as well um, from work and going to the hospital because what had been happening was because my brother was spending a lot of time in the hospital, I was sleeping there with him on a night and then going to work during the day. So yeah. it was kind of kind of like a long seven month period of, of doing that. So there was then for me some sort of post traumatic stress that I was experiencing because work I was then making the association of work and, and the hospital, my brother, and all the kind of things uh, around that. 
Um, but equally what happened, and this is interesting from your point of view, Tracy, and, and the kind of struggles you were talking about, is although all this sadness you know, and sorrow was occurring in me, what equally happened was kind of this profound realisation, which I actually found out only a few days ago, is something called post-traumatic growth which is the opposite to post-traumatic stress. And I was kind of experiencing both simultaneously. So on the one hand, I had all these awful memories, but in the second hand, it had suddenly just ignited um, this new passion in me that was like, you know, something good has to come from this horrific situation. Um, and, and what it should be is that I go and achieve what was always going to be mine and my brother's dream, which was to build a housing company, you know, to have a, a great, successful um, property business. And, you know, my brother, he was an electrician and the plan would have always been that he would kind of have done the electrical work and I would have project managed. And, and, you know, whilst that section of it couldn't happen, it didn't stop me wanting to, even more so really than I ever had this burning desire to kind of go ahead and set up this company and, and live my dream. Because what it made me realise in that, horrible moment where I watched him pass was that actually you know something there's something more than this and we only get one chance yeah uh, yeah and if there can only be that one chance then surely I have to be able to grasp that and do whatever it is that's in me that's burning that that desire and and that was the passion was property and it's something I'd always been interested in and really you know, in such a sad thing, what I took from it was that underlying um, resilience to think, you know what, there's got to be something more than this. And I just went for it, you know, a little bit like you were saying. So all that struggle and hardship, actually, I just turned around um, and use it to, to set up my company. And obviously, the company now is um, up and running. We've been, you know, going for four years ever since my brother passed um, really successfully. And we've named it after my brother. So it's called KAF properties which are his initials which is oh. memories alive all the time um you know and, and I think and I agree with you that it, it really is sometimes in those times of adversity and the struggle that is it's certainly what's pushed me to be who I am and I definitely think if that had not happened to my brother as horrific as it was that's never going to change that so I have to use it for something positive yeah um, and actually it just it's changed the entire course of my life and I would even go as far to say and it is true that everything that happened from that moment has happened because of such an unfortunate situation the reason I am sat speaking with you today and I'm doing a podcast and I have a podcast is genuinely because of that yeah so yeah. it fueled your unstoppable yeah and um, he's with you all the time all the time yes and you made his dream come true there is kaf properties yes exactly and and you easy to do it would no one would judge you easy to just be sad about your brother and, and, and easy not to do and do nothing about that sadness right but you chose to turn it into a positive legacy that resilience and that determination and fuel your unstoppable property business. Absolutely. And, and you know, and I think that's the whole, like I said at the start and say it again, the, the premises of this show is just 
for everybody. And I firmly believe it so much. I just want everybody in the world to believe there's something more for them and something in them, that burning desire like you and I have had to be able to create good in the world and go out and change people's lives. And that's what it should be about. There's something more than what you're doing right now. Whoever's listening, you know, to everybody, there is something more out there for you that you can do, that you can make a difference and you can, you know, as we kind of touched on at the start and we've come full circle, you know, you can use it to do good and make money at the same time. Those two things can work together. You know, there's no reason why you can't. Um, and, and you should you should go do it. You know, listen to your passion. Jump in, like Tracy says. You know, go in, dive in two feet, four feet first, no feet, you know, whatever situation you're in. Yeah. Just get in and do it and it will happen, you know, and believe in yourself and believe in the laws of attraction, undoubtedly. Laws of attraction with action. Awesome. Do you know yeah. what, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today and I love that you put me on the spot because nobody else ever dares ask me any questions. So oh, you're incredibly brave. I, I love that. Um, well, this is the skill for, so you and I have just demonstrated strength-based leadership right and so by i share story and you share story and so the homework for all of the listeners is to mentally think of what is your story and and when did you turn one around and what's in common with their story and sarah's story and tracy's story what are the common success factors and how will you use that to jump into action how will you use that to fuel your unstoppable how will you as Sarah said, that passion, yes, there's post-traumatic stress, but yes, with action, there can be post-traumatic growth. And, and, and Sarah and I don't know, I didn't know that was Sarah's story. I didn't know what that KAF property stood for, right? I don't know what's behind your eyes or ears of the listeners. Uh, and I know that there's some really good reasons to be on pause or to be sad or say not right now like there are very good reasons financial and heartbreak and wellness and hurt but sarah no one would have judged sarah with that devastating news at that time if she didn't throw herself into growing her property business as she had intended right no one would have judged that but a little bit of tough love some liberally and tough love for everybody with a bonus is when you live a life of no excuses, you live a life of no limits, no excuses, no limits. And, and we feel for you. We know it's tough, but the bonus is no excuses, no limits. You get to live that limitless life. And that's the secret to unstoppable you. It absolutely is. Genuinely, Tracy, it has been incredible speaking with you today. Thank you for joining me and all the listeners on the show. Um, obviously, this gets put out on uh, YouTube and Vimeo as well, so people will be able to watch the video, which is super cool. It's been truly inspiring as ever. I'm sure you've inspired everybody, um, and hopefully between us, we've encouraged some more people to go out and unlock their, unlock their true potential. So thank you again. Thank you. Be sure to like and comment and share Sarah's show. <laughs> Thank you so much. All the best, Tracy.
well, I'm sure you will agree that Tracy is an absolutely phenomenal person. So if you want to connect with Tracy right now, you can do so on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all the big social media platforms. And that's Unstoppable Tracy Schmidt. To find out more about how Tracy can help you personally, to book her for any events you have, or to download her amazing ebook, visit www.unstoppabletracy.com. So join me next time for another exciting interview and another sensational guest as we continue to dive into the secrets of success.